Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. It is fitting that on the first Sunday of Lent, we have this passage from our gospel telling us of Jesus' 40-day fast in combat with the devil in the wilderness. The obvious reason we begin Lent with this story is because it really is the perfect metaphor for the next 40 days of our journey into Lent leading us to Pascha. But in addition to Lent, this story is also a metaphor for the Christian life following our baptism. There is another archetypical story in the Old Testament which also parallels Jesus' 40-day fast and temptation in the wilderness and our Christian life following our baptism, and that's the story of Israel after they were delivered out of Egypt through the Red Sea, and as they went into the wilderness and there were tempted for 40 years before entering the Promised Land. The Israelites, we know, were delivered from Egypt by baptism, baptism through the Red Sea, type of our baptism. And then they went on to be tempted in the wilderness, those 40 years, just like Jesus here, 40 days in the desert. St. Paul tells us that these events, these stories about the Israelites and what they went through, were recorded for our instruction, the instruction of Christians passing through this temporal life. We see the same pattern uh, in the case of Jesus. Just before he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, to do combat with the devil, the verses right before that, which you didn't hear this morning, but he was just baptized by John and Jordan. Jesus' baptism is a glorious event for mankind. You remember how the heavens are opened and the Spirit descends and rests upon the Son, The voice of the Father speaks from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The church teaches us that it is in this event that the triune Godhead is revealed to mankind explicitly for the first time, or most explicitly. It's also here that we witness the humanity caught up into the Godhead. When the Spirit comes and rests on the God-man, You see, the Spirit eternally rests on the eternal Son, the divine Son. Now he comes and rests upon Christ as he stands there in his flesh, in his humanity. And the Father expresses as a response his pleasure and reception of that humanity the Son has taken to himself in his person. Now he is not just divine, but also one of us. And humanity is caught up into the Godhead. At any rate, it is immediately following his baptism that he is led, or as St. Mark puts it, driven by the Spirit into the wilderness in order to be tempted by and do combat with the devil. 
it is no different for us when we are baptized. We follow the same pattern of this archetypical story. And this is also what Lent is all about. Lent is a little version of the story, a fractal of the big story. As our life in this world, as we are preparing to enter the eternal kingdom. So when we look at this, we look at these three stories, and we look at our Lent, what is evident to us in all of this? Two things I want to point out this morning. First, our life in Christ is a combat. It is a test. It is a proving ground for obedience and love. And this test, this proving, this combat is necessary. It is absolutely necessary. Also in our epistle lesson this morning, which Paul makes clear. It's just as necessary as the first test, the first prohibition, the first commandment that God gave man in paradise, and that was before man had sinned. This is man in his innocence. In his innocence, he was also tested with a commandment not to eat, to keep a fast. That was necessary for man to prove his love and his trust of God, which he sadly failed. So first of all, it is a combat. Life is a test. It is a proving ground for our obedience and love of God. Secondly, the combat and the test is not arranged or managed or provoked by the devil. And this is really important. He is not the one in control. He is not the one on the offensive. He thinks he is. He thinks he is, but he is not. He thinks he's the one calling the shots in the combat. That's what he thought when he tempted Christ. He thinks he's the one going after Jesus there in the wilderness. He thinks he's the one going after you to take you down and take you out. He thinks he has the element of surprise, that he has us on our heels, or that he had Christ on his heels. But that is not the truth of it. The fact is that it is God himself, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who actually set him up. And they set him up in this story of Christ's temptation in the wilderness. The devil himself has been unwittingly lured into this combat. And he is nothing more in the grand scheme, nothing more than a pawn in God's plan of redemption. It is, in fact, as is made clear, the Spirit who leads Jesus into the wilderness. The Spirit is behind all of this. He is behind the fast. He is behind the temptation. He is behind the combat. He leads man into the wilderness to perfect him. And he uses the devil to do it just before he wipes the floor with him. This is so important for us to remember in this life. And sometimes it's really difficult to remember. Now it's a little more obscure in the case of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. It's a little more obscure in our life of testing because unlike Jesus in this story, so often our suffering of temptation and the combat of testing that we endure is provoked by our own sin and our own failures and so it makes this a little obscure for us nevertheless there's a great revelation in this of God's mercy and his power because whether or not we're the cause of our own suffering or whether we're suffering like the saints for righteousness sake God's work is all the same 
in either case, and that is to overcome this combat and this battle, whether we bring it on ourselves by poor decisions and a failure to love, or whether it is brought to us from an outside enemy. We are to overcome by trust and love for God through obedience. That is an amazing testimony of the power of God's love, that he can, through our repentance, even make use of our own failures to bring about our salvation and perfection. It's a win-win. We are a triumphalistic people. God's love and his power and his mercy are absolutely triumphant over every evil. He uses the devil for his purposes. He even uses your own sin for your salvation. But we have to go willingly. We have to participate willingly. We have to follow the Spirit, just like Jesus did, into that wilderness. And we have to be synergistically participating in the great reversal of Adam's disobedience through fasting, through renunciation, through dying to self. When we learn the secret of accepting the wilderness along with its temptations and trials and tests and sufferings, when we accept these things as if from God for our salvation, these very things that seem unpleasant momentarily become for us a source of strength and joy. That is a secret. That is a secret. When one learns it, it's a great thing. It sounds impossible. It sounds ridiculous, in fact. But it is absolutely true, as millions of saints who have gone before us have proven and demonstrated if we grumble, on the other hand, and become resentful and complain, do not trust the goodness of God in all that we have to endure, if we do not receive it in joy from a loving father disciplining his child, we will never discover the secret. We might be saved in the end, but it will be through much fire. We might be saved in the end, but we may never understand or experience Jesus' promise that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. His yoke and burden is the cross. The cross is easy and it is light to bear. We may never understand how Jesus' stepbrother, James, St. James, Camel Knees, could write in his epistle that we are to consider it all joy. He says, consider it all joy when you fall into various trials and testings of your faith. These tests produce in us patience. And he says that that patience, when it has its perfect, complete work, it perfects us and makes us whole. Now I'm comforted I'm comforted knowing that most of us here today believe these things. We know these things, and we believe them. And yet, you, like I, when we are in the thick of it, sometimes we forget. <laughs> sometimes we feel like we're groping in the darkness, trying to find that faith. And we need to be reminded. And I need to be reminded. 
But it really counts. When it really counts to remember these things and to cling to them with faith is not when we're, you know, sitting on the beach with our bellies and our investment portfolios fat. We need to remember these things when all hell is breaking loose, when we feel unmoored. That's when it's the most important to confess our confidence in the goodness and our gratefulness for the chastisement of God. There's a line in our office hymn this morning that cries out to God in his, to send us some good and severe penitence. It's a beautiful line. You should go back and read that again. That's when we can sing with Habakkuk, the prophet. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on the high hills. We also say with the psalmist, Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, the years in which we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.